Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Says the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, and today, bitches, you just get me. Sorry, really, we have been toying around with the idea of maybe Kirby putting like PG warnings, PG-13. I don't think we've ever done an R episode. Um, there was this one episode, I do not remember why, but Kirby and I were talking, and in the beginning, I was throwing a hissy fit about the fact that dentists get called in for murders and chiropractors don't. And I knew the answer why, like, I could not identify someone's spine. But maybe that was the most morbid we had gotten. And it was honestly because I had been listening to a lot of the podcast Morbid. Um, if you have not listened to the podcast Morbid, oh, it's funny. So I was getting my nails done this morning and the nail, I turned the nail lady on to this podcast and she also does people's eyebrows. And for the men listening, she like tattoos eyebrows on, it takes like two hours. Okay. It happens like once or twice a year. It's instead. Yeah. Anyways. So for these like two hour appointments, she said, she'll listen to morbid out loud. And I was like, and she goes, but I always have to ask people like if they're offended by swearing. And I had to laugh because I'm like, that's where you start. Morbid is literally a podcast about murders. And your question is, are you offended about swearing? Not like people being murdered, blood. Do you have a sensitive stomach? Did you just eat lunch? Any of that? Just, hey, uh, you know, if somebody drops an F-bomb, are you going to be upset? So I just found that funny. Um, so let's see. What is going on in my life? So today as a solo episode, um, we are, we're going to go there. Ugh. And by there, I mean, raw, vulnerable. I don't know if you are new to the podcast. Uh, my name is Lauren and I am a, uh, oversharer. Um, I, Elise Rigney actually gave me one of the highest compliments I've heard in a long time. We were talking the other day cause I'm going to be at mile high and she, we were doing this like live and she described me as someone who doesn't gatekeep information. And I was like, hell to the, yeah, you're right. Like, cause I, I don't, you know, I feel like in our world of, of speakers and podcast hosts and all of this, and you've got teachers and you've got your gurus that you look up to. And, um, a lot of it is like the good stuff. And we talk vague about like, oh, I had a couple hurdles that I had to get over, but then I reached massive success. And I'm just the type of personality that I'm like, wait, 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 can we go back to those hurdles? What were they? 
How'd you get there? What happened? Spill the juice. Spill the juice? No. Spill the beans. Spill the milk. Something about milk. Don't cry over spilled milk, but spill the beans. Anyways, nobody's spilling juice. Um, and that's just been my personality of like, it's more difficult for me to beat around the bush than just to be honest with you. And because I don't have to look you in the face, I'm just looking at this, this little microphone in front of me. That makes it even easier because then I can just pretend that, you know, I'm just chilling with my best friend talking. And yet there's over a thousand of you that are listening and ho hopefully ju not judging and all that. So today, today's going to be a good one. Um, we're going to bring it back to chiropractic for sure. But the first half of the episode, or I don't know, and I don't time this shit out. <laughs> I never know. Are these things going to be a half hour? Are they going to be an hour? I, I don't know. Curb is always giving me the freedom. He's like, you can do shorter podcasts, you know, if you want. I'm like, no, but I can't shut up. Just keep talking. And people are like, get to your point. So today, the entire episode, we're going to talk about rejection and basically what is holding you back from being super successful in practice. Now, we're going to take a real long road to get there. And I think that road is going to be jam-packed with like beautiful truth nuggets for you. Um, this whole idea for this episode kind of stemmed from me looking through my notes from If Gathering, which is a women's Christian conference that I went to the beginning of March down in Dallas. I got to meet up with my friend Denise Weber and Courtney Gowan. It was a really fun weekend. Uh, full of God, also yeah, and full of drinks, but whatever. You can have God and drinks, which is funny because one of my biggest takeaways, oh, this is not funny. All right. So like one of my biggest takeaways from the conference was they were talking about idols and like, you know, that like the golden calf and like, I don't know, I feel like as Christians, a lot of times, or just like spiritual people, we think of idols of like, am I worshiping the wrong God? Um, you know, and for me listening to just kind of briefly how often idols came up and like how they were explaining it, it was really on like, what draws your attention away from being pure love and light to source, spirit, God, God's people, like all of that. And so we talked about social media and I'm like, ooh, awkward. I don't have an addiction with social media. You do. Um, we talked about alcohol. We talked about, you know, we talked about a lot of things at that around this idea of what are you, what are you worshiping? And what it basically comes down to is what is something that if asked to give up that you couldn't because really when it comes down to things like what's the most important thing that the only thing that you should not be willing to waver on to give up, you know, and that's, that's your spiritual connection, your relationship. I would also say your part, your spouse, but like if Kirby would hear Kirby were here, he'd like say, well, that's semantics because your marriage is, he gets all into things. Basically he'd say it's the same, but, um, so that was a big takeaway. Okay. So it was funny that I was like, oh yeah, I drank a ton of that weekend. And then I came away from that weekend being like, I think I need to cut back on drinking. Um, so I've been experimenting with um, N.A. like cocktails. <laughs> you want to feel like terrible about yourself? Google like easy ways to cut back on weekday drinking or whatever. And all of a sudden your Instagram ads will be full of N.A. beverages and replacements and like and then also ads of like quiz do you have a problem and I'm like damn I just 
was thinking that maybe I'd not drink every Monday, but I don't know. Okay, cool. Um, and then you also realize how drinking is everywhere when you're like watching TV on a Monday and you're like, I'm not drinking. It's okay. I'm drinking my tea. Um, and you're just like, they're drinking, they're drinking. How come everyone drinks? Does everyone drink? If everyone drinks, can't I drink also? So that's not what the episode's about. This is, this is why I can't tell you how long an episode's going to be because I wasn't even planning on talking about that. Um, okay. So worshiping idols, another thing that came, I came across from, so there was like, I think like 4,000 women in this room, 10,000 women. There was a lot. It was more than 1,000 by quite a bit. Um, and the overarching message of a lot of the weekend and the speakers at this gathering were talking about anxiety and like how, how dominant, um, of a theme it is right now. And I don't think there's a single one of us that would, that's listening, that is caring for patients that has been like, you know, living, um, even if you're not caring for patients has just been experiencing the last few years that wouldn't say that either personally we're dealing with, um, a mild to fair amount of anxiety or depression, or you're just seeing it extremely prevalent. I am seeing more anxiety and depression in kindergartners and first graders and second graders than I have seen in all 11 years of practice. Um, and it's kind of, it's kind of freaking me out. Like, holy shit, it's freaking me out how normalized this is becoming. Um, so one of the speakers at the conference talked about how this is actually one of the loneliest times. Uh, I mean, she didn't measure this, but theoretically, you could guess that we're the most connected and simultaneously the most lonely of all times. Um, and you know, this wasn't like bagging on social media, but it was really just talking about how like we're all connected online and we're emails and we're this and we're that, but like it's, it's this feeling of being isolated. And I know that chiropractors really deal with this a lot. It's very, very sad because like, oh, by the way, we're going to pray. Like I, I might forget. I have it on my notes. I haven't gotten to the part of the notes, so it's going to pray, but it's coming later because whatever. Um, and I, this is something that chiropractors who are in practice, like solo practice, deal with a lot. Like they just, they're solving problems all by themselves. And we're just kind of put out there on this island and we didn't sign up for that in business and we feel lonely. And the speaker, I wish I could remember who it was because they deserved the credit, um, talked about how many times in the Bible it references humans being a community, like oriented being like right in Genesis, it talks about how, like why God created Eve was because man was not created to be alone. And it was really, really cool. Even if like, we're not going to go into what my thoughts of whether the creation story is real or a parable or whatever, we're not going there. We're going to go past that and just go like that. That's cool. Like whatever that story is, that gave me chills to be like, even the the creator of that story, the creator of, of telling that, like God knew, source knew that like, we're not meant to be alone. And the more isolated and alone we feel, the more we start to go inside. And I feel like we're being told 
as humans that we just have terrible boundaries, right? Like there's all this conversation about like, you need better boundaries. I mean, I've had podcast episodes about boundaries and like, we're told like, oh, I have terrible boundaries. Like I can't let people treat me this way. And like, you don't deserve my time and like toxic energy and all this thing. And like, we're kind of, it's such a, a thing that we would do <laughs> in the process of realizing that we're one place and going, but maybe, maybe this isn't the right thing. And so instead of venturing into a gray area where maybe things are complicated, um, maybe, you know, maybe there is this area where we allow people that we love and are in our life to break our boundaries. And that sucks. And you're like, no, it's black or white. It's dualistic thinkings, your boundaries, your way, your truth. And it's like, I don't know, like, where does that mix with the message of endlessly, unconditionally loving people and granting them grace and forgiveness? Like, where, how does that mix? Right? Because like, I know there are people in my life who like, by some societal standards, by some therapist standards, should absolutely be cut out. Um, I should be cut out of people's life. They're like, there are many a times that I have messed up as a wife, as a daughter, as a mom, as a friend, where like, if that person was like going to the right therapist, they'd be like, girl, you don't need that. And when Kirby heard that, no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, so it, it is this weird, like we're told like, you have to do this and we have to do that and you don't deserve this. And then we are all full of anxiety because we built ourselves this little tiny island and like this teeny little bridge to get to us. And if you can't walk that like one lane bridge to me in the most perfect way, then you're not on my island. But then I'm full of anxiety because I'm sad and alone. So, I mean, I'm not sad and alone. I mean, I'm not not sad. Sometimes I'm sad. Just say this was more like an ethereal. It's about us, not me. <laughs> the alcohol thing's about me. The loneliness thing, like, yeah, sure. Um, so, so that was another takeaway of just the, the idea of that, like, we're not created to be alone yet as chiropractors, we do this. Um, well, and even as non-chiropractors, I'm sure for the four of you that listen, you know, you can see patterns where you've done this in life where you're like, and now I'm, I don't have a community of women who are strong in their marriage that I can turn to when I'm in a fight. I don't have a community of mothers that I can turn to when I'm pulling my hair out and I want to like get out of here um, because eh, they served sugar at their playgroup and like mm, we're a non-sugar household. So toxic. Hashtag toxic. So the third one is the one we're going to do a deep dive in. I feel like I could literally do an entire episode on any of the first two takeaways. You know, the worshiping the idols. What is that? How does that show up in life? Um, also anxiety, loneliness. Yep. We're going to get there at some point in life. I'm sure the, the podcast is long. Not this episode, although it might be. Um, the, the She Slays the Day episodes, we got plenty of time to cover it at some point down the road. Although funny, I was talking to someone today about the podcast and she's wanting to start a podcast. And um, I was talking about how like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in this for the long haul. And sometimes I got, well, in the beginning, like the first 20 episodes, I started to get like, not claustrophobic, like commitment issues, because I remember driving and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is forever. It doesn't have to be forever, by the way. Like my brain just, um, but I was saying like, I'm in this till episode 500 and some, like, who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll, 
maybe somebody will pay me by then. Maybe I'll get paid. Who knows? We don't. Okay, the third thing, the thing we're going to dive into today is around how so much of our life and our actions or inactions are based around our fear of failure and rejection. And now that's bullshit. And you can't do that. You can't keep doing that. So we're going to pray. And then I am going, we're going to walk, we're going to walk through this fear of failure and rejection. How is it showing up in your practice, in your life? And what are you going to do about it? So everyone join me taking a deep breath into that belly. Feeling that belly button expand. If you took a breath and you felt your chest expand, I want you to take another one, but deeper this time. Feeling that movement come from the belly, deep, deep down into the stomach. Those anxiety breaths, those short, shallow breaths, that's chest breathing. And that's what we do so much of our day. Teaching ourselves how to do that calm, that calm breathing that actually stimulates the vagus nerve, that actually stimulates our neurology, our heart to slow down. Like there is a neurological response to that deep belly breath. Calms the heart, relaxes the jaw. Hi, friend. Thanks for hanging in there. We're going to get to the meat of this. I hope today, I hope that me sharing what God revealed to me is so helpful to you. And this is a little more godly than some of our episodes. And because I went to a Christian conference, and I hope that any of you that have barriers or boundaries around your idea of religion. I hope that you can just set that aside, just set that aside for the next half hour and be with me. And you can put this through whatever lens, whatever lens you need this to go through, because this, this is about love. And this is about you being the person that you were created to be for you to be the like boldest best, most loving version of you that just like shoots white light towards everyone that you encounter. That's what this episode's about. So thanks for praying with me. Thank you, God, so much for revealing this and like just do cool shit in people's life through this episode. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay. Fear of rejection and failure. So I feel like you, I know you've heard this before, but goal is that nobody gets on the shame bus. Okay. Everyone say hi to the shame bus wave as it passes by. Do we think the shame bus is a short bus? No, it is not a short bus. Uh, we know the shame bus is huge, right? It's more like a train because it's carrying so many damn people. Speaking of the short bus, Mm. funny story. I've never told you. So Ty, I have notes. So don't worry. I'll remember where we're at. So my youngest Ty, we've talked about her quite a bit. Ty, she, She's a bully of bullies, okay? She doesn't bully kids who don't deserve it. I don't think any child deserves being bullied. Um, But if she sees a kid being naughty or bullying, she's going to bully them. So we've had some issues with the boss. I know we've talked about that. And so one day she tells me, like, I'm like, Ty, you are going to get kicked off the bus because she'd put this kid in a headlock because he threw her hat on the wet floor of the bus. I'm like, Ty, you are going to get kicked off off the bus. And she's like, no, they're going to put me on the short bus. And I'm like, wait, what? And like Kirby and I are kind of looking at each other. 
And um, she's like, yeah, it's the bus where kids have to wear harnesses and car seats. That's where the naughty kids go. And I'm just like, yeah, you might get put on the short bus. Um, anyways, the shame bus is more of a train, not a short bus. See, I told you I'd remember. Okay, so this is an evolutionary thing. We are, we are not bad people for feeling shame or we are not bad people for being doing shitty life decisions because we're afraid of failure. There, the, today's episode is going to make you feel, it has the potential to make you feel like a half-assed chiropractor and that's not the goal, right? Like we are, from an evolutionary standpoint, designed to not to want to be rejected from society. And there's a lot of times that this obviously works for us, right? So like, hey, don't jump off the bridge. You could fail if you jump off the bridge because you could die. Um, hey, don't just say all the thoughts that are in your head to people because you could be mean and then have no friends and be lonely. So a lot of times this fear of rejection or failure is there to protect us. And it's probably a half good thing. I will say that there are a lot of times that it holds us back and absolutely works against us from that like life that we say we want. Okay. So like, I know we talk about ethereal stuff of like, oh, what you were born to be. Yes, that, but like, no, let's, let's like cut the brass tacks. Mm -mm. Um, this is, I'm talking about fear and rejection, holding you back from what you say you want. Not talking about like, oh, I could be anything and everything. No, most of us listening are like, well, I wish, I wish that my practice was busier or I wish that I started my own business or I wish that I had more friends. I wish my marriage was better. I wish, I wish, I wish. I don't know how fear of rejection or failure ties into like being skinnier because a lot of people are like, I wish I was 10 pounds thinner. I don't know. I'm sure somebody listening is like, oh, I could make that connection. Again, Kirby, if he were allowed in the room, would make it. Um, but honestly, even we're going to talk about how this came up is from us reading a book in clinic called You Are a Badass at Making Money. So like a lot of people listening, raise your hand if you would want to make more money. You in the back who didn't raise your hand, you're a fucking liar. Um, so how is fear of rejection and failure holding us back from making more money? Like that seems impossible. Or so I'm talking about like this is holding you back literally from what you consciously would write down you want right now. So let's talk about how this like really, I had this realization about how my fear of rejection is holding back our business. So we're talking, we're, we're reading this, we do book club at our clinic, um, where basically I find a book that I think is really good. Maybe I've read it, maybe I haven't. And I buy the book for everyone. And then we also buy it on audible and people can listen. And each week we read a chapter. Sometimes a chapter is a little more difficult than others. Like there may be more homework. And so we may take two or three weeks to go through implementing a chapter. Um, but we, everybody reads it and we sit down at part of our weekly meeting and we talk about it. So one of the things that um, we, Be Our Guest was a really good one, but we're reading You Are a Badass at Making Money by Jen Cicero right now. Now, warning, just warning before you like get off your Amazon cart. Hold up, hold up. I'm gonna give you a heads up. 
So I had read this book like three, four, five, uh, five years ago, maybe. And we had this record-breaking year in 2021. And we're looking at doing more in 2022, right? Because that's what we do. Growth, 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 always more. Um, and my concern was that we were talking about such massive amounts of money that we would be collecting on a monthly basis and like a goal that like people, people are really effed up about money. We, I don't know what episode it is. Kirby will probably put it in the show notes for you, but we had a whole money mindset episode a while back. Go back and listen to it. Um, but people are really messed up about it. And so that's why I was like, you know what? I think that we need as a team to do some work talking about money. So here's your like warning before you buy it for your team. Reading just the first chapter, I came to Kirby and I was like, oh God, we're going to have like eight people asking for raises. And he's like, yeah, I was a little like, because the book is very like, girl, you deserve it. You go grab it. You grab the bull by your horn. And like, and I was like, well, I wanted everyone to read it because we're thinking about Blue Hills Chiropractic, but it's written so individualized that like it will help everybody. So you just, you may want to read it first because if, unless you're asking more guided questions uh, each week, like we do to like, be like, okay, so read chapter one. And here's the questions I want you to think about and how you can apply chapter one towards the mission and vision of Blue Hills Chiropractic. So we're reading it. And one of the chapters is on limiting beliefs. We have a wonderful conversation. Another thing was talking about basically in more words or less was talking about why do you think God wants you to make more money? Um, and talk about like more words or less. Like she goes a lot more words than that. But that's kind of what's like the takeaway that we were supposed to think about after reading the chapter was like, why, why, why do you think that God wants you more successful? And so I'm talking to the team and I was like, you know, it's, um, it's hard to me because it's so easy when we talk about numbers for you to go there, right? Like how many people did you see this week? How many people did we see that month? How much money do we collect? Numbers, numbers, numbers. And I'm like, but when it's about people, that's what I, that's where I believe God steps in. Do I think God cares if I make $1.1 million this year? Sure as hell. I hope he, I know he doesn't, I guess I don't know he doesn't, but like, let's be honest, he don't. Um, so what do, why, if I had to say like, why would God want me to be more successful? If it's not about making more money, which I don't think it is, I think. I could say that like, well, what I do is pretty freaking awesome. A nat the natural intervention that is chiropractic is really all about how the body was designed. And so can I create, like, can I see an explanation where universal energy, spirit, God, whatever you want to call it, um, wants us to have an impact on more people. And so I'm, I'm saying this and I was like, and that I can truly get behind. Now the repercussions or the positive repercussions of that is making more money. But like, I was trying to get my team to think like, we got to think about the people because that's where, that's where that endless energy, that abundant energy of the universe, that's a message or like mission that it can get behind. Not Lauren having nicer shoes and drinking nicer wine. So as we're having this conversation, um, you know, about how like what we do is so powerful. It, one of my employees, Kira brought up that, you know, it made her think about the Bible and rejection and how like the Bible is not this book of like about all of these people's success stories and how they just nailed it out of the park. But like the book is, a, the Bible is a book 
about people being rejected over and over and over. And like our pastor went on to like kind of elaborate this as, you know, coincidences do in like that week's message where it was talking about how like if you think that being a Christian is like going to be this life full of no misery, like er, if you think, okay, so we're going to tie this to chiropractic here. If you think that a on-point truth-telling chiropractor is a life that does not include humiliation and rejection and failure, then I think you need to do some more soul searching because you're wrong. Like, listen, if the message of like God and Jesus, if those people got rejected, our message about like above, down, inside, out. Oh yeah, people are going to also have a problem with us. And just be like, yes, hand clap for the chiropractors. So it was this like, shit, I'm an Enneagram 3. Any other Enneagram 3s in the room? Yeah, okay. These were not the people who did not raise their hand saying, I want to make more money. We all want to make more money. Woohoo, Enneagram 3s. Um, rejection is like, that word makes my skin crawl. Because threes, hate, they, we want everyone to like us. And so each person, you know, when we think of rejection, a lot of us, I imagine you hear this like, well, I say, do you want this? And the person says, no, I don't. And I'm like, oh, I'm rejected. And that is one version of rejection. Um, but when we're talking, like, we just, we're going to spend a minute here cracking your creativity open and seeing all the different ways in which rejection that you're afraid of in your life. So one of the things she brings up in her book, people are actually, they self-sabotage making more money because they're afraid that their friends and family will reject them. Okay. So we self-sabotage. Um, there is rejection of people talking about you. Like, well, if I tell them that, you know, chiropractic could help them with that, not only might they say no, but they might like tell their friends that I'm weird and they might, they might say bad things about my clinic to, to the community. And they might think that I'm lying to them and they might think that I'm trying to sell them something not truthful. And like, I don't want them to think that I'm a bad person. Like, can you see all the different ways? Like if rejection was purely about your fear of hearing no for one second of your life, you wouldn't be as, that wouldn't be the problem. You would not be afraid of that. What you're afraid is so much more than just hearing someone say no. It is the aftermath of what they will continue to think about after you asked them a yes or no question. So if we're worried if what is keeping us back from being like the most truthful, authentic chiropractor, having these great conversations and like spreading the message of chiropractic, if we're worried about what they'll think about us, that's what it comes down to, right? We're not necessarily just worried about the no. The yes would be lovely, but the no, like I can't, I can hear someone say no. It's the aftermath. What are they thinking about me now that they've said no? And now we've entered territory that is asinine to think that you would base your life on. You cannot base your life and your actions on 
what someone may or may not potentially think of you. Let's talk about failure for a second. If I create that course and I put it out to the internet and I fail, am I afraid, afraid of failing? Because like, what is it? I'm disappointed, but it's not really the fear of failure. I have no idea, but somebody really smart said this once and I was like, oh shit, I've been seen. Um, it's not fear of failure. It's fear of other people watching you fail. So again, back to fear of what they're thinking about me and whether they will reject me as someone worthy of hanging out with, reject me as someone worthy, just worthy. We'll just end it with a period there. Like, so we can't do that. That's asinine. So let's look now that we've kind of gone like, okay, so fear of rejection is so much more than just saying, Hey, do you want to buy my care plan? And someone saying no. Um, so I started to think about like, where are all the ways in my clinic in which I am wimping out because of rejection? So I came up with four. Um, the first one is in our marketing. So this is in our actual marketing, like on Facebook and yada, in social media, it's Facebook lives. It's what I, it's what I choose my videos to be about. Um, basically I choose them. I call them non-confrontational. Now I'm not suggesting that your marketing becomes confrontational. I think there's a far stretch from being confrontational and being truthful. I think what we do a lot of times is like, yeah, here's some symptoms that like, maybe I could kind of help with, like, you should think about chiropractic, um, versus like, Hey, you with the colicky baby, like you need to try chiropractic. All right. That we would workshop that. Like we wouldn't say that actual thing. Um, so we kind of wuss out a little bit in our call to action. Also, I was out in the real world of marketing, like going to a health fair, not even health fair, going to a business after five, talking to strangers. Like it, I've said before that it is so much easier for me to have a conversation with a stranger when I'm not in my hometown. Like if I'm across the country and I am talking to somebody on a bus, <laughs> a bus, I haven't ridden a bus in like nine years, um, but I'm on the shame bus apparently. So anyway, so I'm talking to, oh, we'll see an elevator. Um, and somehow I have my foot in the door to bring chiropractic into this. Okay. So like, they're not talking about it, but I can insert like, Hey, have you ever thought about a chiropractor for that? I would not, I don't typically, I'm not that bold in my hometown because I'm in, why? Because, well, because I am a chiropractor. And then I feel like I'm selling myself. And if I'm selling myself, they can say no. And that no is not a rejection of chiropractic. It's a no to me. But if I'm in California talking to a stranger and I go, Hey, have you ever thought about chiropractic? Like I'm, I, I can't be their doctor because I live in Wisconsin. So they have no, they can't reject me because I'm not selling me. I'm selling chiropractic. And then if they reject chiropractic, then it's not a personal thing. Can you follow how messed up, like how you do this? Can you see the like inner dialogue of like how we feel comfortable talking about one thing, one place, but then not another, because it's not selling chiropractic, it's selling me. So therefore they're rejecting me. Guys, ew, ew. Um, so this is a marketing 
Day one is another area where we totally um, are just so afraid of rejection. You know, we do this typically through we're afraid of if we don't accept their insurance or like I should say new patients. So like we're afraid of rejection. If I don't take their insurance, they're probably not going to come to this clinic. I'm afraid of rejection. Even though I want to be out of network with insurance, I, I am out. I'm talking in your voice. Like I wish I could be out of network with insurance, but they won't say yes to me unless I have this thing. Like unless I take their insurance. You want to be someplace. Kind of back to where I said, I'm not talking about this ethereal version of you. I'm talking about a real you who's like, yeah, I my dream clinic is out of network, but I can't because you're afraid of being rejected. People who say that they don't want to adjust on day one. They wish that they could do care plans. They wish that they could wait until day two. It's the same thing. You're afraid that that person who you just met is going to reject you for your philosophy, for your standards, for how your practice, and they're not reject because it's your practice. Rejection of your practice is a rejection of you. So then day two, this carries into that for those of us, you know, the day two, if you don't separate day one, day two, this is where you're giving your recommendations. Now, all of us are different and some people's recommendations are different than others. But I will say that 99% of you, whether you recommend three visits or 300 visits, um, you might not be worried about that, but you're worried about money. You're worried about charging them for the, for the stretches. You're worried about charging them for the rehab, like because you don't want them to say no. So where you're talking to patients about money and the value and how often, how long this is going to take, a lot of us chicken out because I don't want to tell them that's going to take 48 visits to fix this because they'll say no. Well, okay. So what, so let's, let's go there. So they say no. We already talked about how I can handle somebody saying no in the moment. Am I bummed because I really want that kid to get the results and know that that's what they need? Yeah. But like, is that what is really holding me back from saying it? Like just them saying no? Or is it about like them saying that I'm not qualified enough, that like my opinion isn't correct? Is it more about them not trusting the advice I'm giving? And the, what that does to my ego as a chiropractor of like, they would do it if their medical doctor said it. Like, again, I told you we were going real deep and vulnerable here. But can you see how it's not about the $2,000 care plan I didn't just get? Like, I don't go home and go, bummer. I didn't make that money today. Now, some of you are at a point in your practice where you're like, damn it, I needed that to pay my bills. Um, but for me, I'm, I'm embarrassed. Like my ego is hurt that they didn't say yes. And so in order to protect myself from, protect my ego from rejection, I just do all these things that uh, I don't have to be feel, I don't have to feel bad. My ego does not have to be tested or feel sad at all. So the fourth area that we do this is in our table talk. So our table talk is why so many of us just want to talk about the baseball game over the weekend or the weather because we don't want to be weird. We don't want to be that person that's always educating. Oh gosh, always selling because they'll think bad about me. They'll think bad. I'll be embarrassed if I say like, hey, 
talking about your kid having allergies, did you know that chiropractic has a great track record with helping drainage and congestion? Like, I would love if you got your kid scanned sometime. Like, we're just like, oh, skin crawl moment. Nope, nope, nope. Can't say that because the patient's going to think I'm desperate for money. The patient's going to think I'm needy, that I'm greedy, that I'm this, that I'm that. So how do we overcome this? So the first one is kind of what I've been like walking you through with a lot of these is you got to go deep for your own. If you're not, if, if you listen to my examples and you're like, hmm, that doesn't really resonate. That's, that's okay. This is me sharing like my ego, my truth, my issues. But like, you need to figure out where are you super scared of being rejected? And how does that show up? And what are you really s- scared of? And you got, you got to do the work to psychoanalyze yourself. Where are you being held back? And what are, what's, what are you ultimately afraid of? You ha- and you might need to ask yourself that like, multiple different ways of like, okay, so what are you afraid of? I'm afraid of selling someone like selling someone a 36 visit care plan. Why? Well, because I'm afraid that they'll say no. Why? Well, because I'm afraid that they'll think they won't need it. Why? Well, because I'm afraid that I won't be able to get the results that like I say I will. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Why? Like, it's just asking those multiple layers of like, why? Why do you feel that way? And then if they do that, what's that going to make you feel? And it's the number one place of growth is going to start with truly deeply understanding where you're super fucked up and need a bunch of therapy. Number two is you're going to need to sit with differentiating your truth and the truth. Okay. So I'm going to give this credit, um, to, Sadie Robertson Huff from the If Gathering, she talked about it in a whole different way. Um, but like your truth may be that 36 visits is a lot of visits and people don't really respect the scans and pediatricians, they don't really recommend, you know, kids getting adjusted and that parent, you know, I don't accept insurance. And people are really strapped because of inflation right now. Those are your truths. Now, I'm not going to say they're lies. That's why I'm saying they're, they're truths. A lot of them are probably things that patients have said to you and used as um, reasons that they're not doing more care or staying on care with you. But if that is, if your truths, all of those things, all of that narrative that's playing over and over in your head is what is leading how you act and what you say to your patients and how you share the message. It doesn't leave room for the truth about chiropractic to move. This comes back to are you, how much easier it is to talk about chiropractic when it's not a rejection of you. If it's about you and someone says no, they said no to you. But if you get really comfortable with not your truth, but the truth about what is chiropractic, what does an adjustment does do for the nervous system? How often, what is the truth about how often are you adjusted? How often are your children adjusted? Okay, well, guess what? That is the truth. Like, that's that. Like, 
there is no different truth for your family versus someone else's family. So when you get really clear around what an adjustment is and what it does for the body and how it, how chiropractic can restore someone's function, you holding that truth back from them, like you have no right to do that. And when you can get comfortable, then you're not, then you are really not selling. You're just being honest. You're going like, well, here's what I know. Here's what I know about an adjustment. Here's what I know about how an adjustment works with the brain. Here's how I know, here's what I know about how long it takes to make more permanent patterns or develop neuroplasticity. So here's, here's what's needed. If these are your goals, this is what is needed. Now, if you need a refresher, go back two episodes, okay? And go to Heidi Havik. If you don't know these things, then there are, there's research out there. There are books out there that can fill you and replace your broken ass truth with the truth about what you are selling because it is freaking awesome. And you have no right to be embarrassed about that. But people are still going to say no, okay? There are some people who don't like pizza. You guys, I don't understand these people. And I'm not talking about people who have dairy intolerance. There are people who don't like pizza. They don't think it's the greatest thing in the world. They're not really into puppies either. I remember once <laughs> watching this Beyonce performance on the Grammys and like girlfriend was a damn queen. You want to talk about like who I am worshiping next to God? It's Beyonce. Okay. And I was just like, this woman is incredible. And I like the next day was on the internet and she was just getting ripped apart by some haters. And I was like, listen, if Beyonce can't have everybody liking them, like if Jesus can't have everybody liking them, not everyone's going to like her practice. Not everyone's going to give a rip about what you're saying, but you are going to deal with so much less rejection when it is not about you and it is about chiropractic. So those are that. That's my advice. Okay. Um, spend some time going through this, going, spend some time really analyzing where is fear of rejection and fear of failure holding you back as a person and go deep and figure out the why and get to that root. And then once you do like figure out what is the truth, what is, what is not your truth, but the truth about what you're here to do and how you can just shine that light. All right. Thanks for being holding space for me. Um, hopefully none of you got on the short bus or the long shame train. Ooh, shame train sounds good. New hashtag people. Um, because remember, we're all so broken. Anybody who was able to sit and listen to this and not have this bubble up feelings of like wanting to just like turn it off. Like, I applaud you because these are hard conversations. These are really hard conversations on our way to being like, this is so much more than just about making more money, right? This is honestly, this is more than you being the best chiropractor you can be. I shared somewhere, I don't know, I talk a lot to a lot of people, but somewhere along the lines a couple weeks ago, I was talking about how I'm actually trying to disassociate Lauren Brunswick's identity with being a chiropractor. I was put here and I think chiropractic is the freaking awesome profession ever. And I mean, I don't know, 
celebrity influencer. I would, I would take Kim Kardashian's job. I'm saying, I'm sure it's not easy, but like if I had to pick Kim Kardashian's chiropractic nanny would be like what I'd want to be. But other than that chiropractor for sure. Um, but like my success in helping people come to chiropractic, my success in helping chiropractors is not tied up in my worth. You're here to be the boldest, kindest, most authentic, loving version of you. You possibly can be. And it's conversations like this that really move that needle. So I am proud of you. All right, friend. Until next week, if you loved this episode, please share it. Um, if you love me, please go over to Apple podcasts, even if you don't listen to your podcast over there and leave a review because I would love for you to be our next listen to highlight. All right, friends. See you next week. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.